Serious, super serious. Welcome to Super Serious Dog Podcast. Today, uh, Courtney and I decided to mix things up because of scheduling stuff, and we're now recording in the morning. I like how you say is... we decided, as this, as if this was our plan all along, and we made this choice entirely of our own. Um, in, when really I we mean, made this choice out of like necessity, <laughs> but we still made the choice. I mean. We could have just skipped or something, you know, but we didn't. We're here. It's still a choice we made. Yeah, that's true. Our listeners have no idea. It's still coming out at the same time. I know, right? Uh, But if you're watching the video, you will notice it's much brighter (laughs) in both of our rooms because we are recording in the morning, which is we usually don't ever record in the mornings. Yeah, it's fun. We've got our goofy boots on today, so <laughs> so we decided um, that we would talk about frequently asked questions because we hear a lot of questions from a lot of people on a daily basis, and we've been doing this for years, um, but there's some that tend to come up a lot that we feel like you guys might appreciate the answers to because maybe you're wondering or maybe you have half of an answer, but... Or maybe you know exactly the answer to this question and you'll feel really cool and smart because you know this answer. And that always makes me feel good when I know stuff. Um, real quick, though, um, this episode is sponsored by Puppyscapes. Ah, Puppyscapes. Courtney Woo! should be getting hers like literally any day now. I think Super it's exciting. done today, okay. uh, but it will be delivered this weekend. Okay. Because cool. I live close enough to where it will be delivered by the guy who made it. So... <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, Super exciting. Yay. Uh, But yeah, it's going to have a suspension bridge and a ladder walk and like a balance beam walk and like stairs and like it's big and I got two of them and I'm really excited. Um, And I highly recommend them for um, just average pet owners that want to have a yard or something, you know, give your dog something to climb on, something to, something to do, something to build their confidence. And for dog trainers, like invest in your company dude invest in yourself and you can put your logo on it um Mm -hmm. so you look like a badass and you're building dogs confidence Uh and it's just it's great stuff it's great stuff the guy patrick real nice guy to deal with really um flexible understanding uh i had i had a mix up with my colors because uh for those of you who don't know i am slightly colorblind makes things complicated sometimes. And so like the colors I picked, like they didn't look great together, not going to lie. And he just kind of very nicely let me know that uh, he was like, are you sure these are the colors you want? Yeah. yeah. And and I was like, do you have any ideas? Right. And he gave me some ideas and uh, I'm really excited with the way it came out. So um, really cool guy. Just pop on that website, puppyscapes.com, fill out the contact form, let him know you heard about us. Heard about him here with us on the Super Serious Dog Podcast, and you will get a discount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you buy Discounts. two items, you get a bigger discount. So I think it's like 5% for one item, 5% yep. off, and then 7% off for two items or more. That's um, right. But you don't have to get the whole big thing that I got. Like they have like a, they have benches or just like platforms mm. or A frames or yep. have all kinds of stuff on yep. there. So go check it out. Super cool company. 
Yeah. The way I would liken it is like, if you've ever been to like a really, really nice dog park that has like all kinds of random, like tubes and tunnels and little like platforms and little bridges and all that kind of stuff. Like, especially if you know, your dog really likes one of those things. Like some dogs really love the tunnel, right. And they love to go inside of it. He has stuff like that too. So definitely go check it out. Worth your while. And that's it. So Let's dive into some frequently asked questions. Hit me with one. What do you got? What, All right. what do you got? So, Courtney, why do dogs dig up their beds and spin? And like... To get comfortable? <laughs> that is literally... That, that is generally the... Answer. <laughs> I try to stick to simple answers. I don't want to overcomplicate things. Oh, Typically, no, it's, it's to get comfortable. Um, yep. Just to kind of move things around a little bit, adjust and, and maybe find a cooler spot. Like if you ever flip your pillow over to get the cool side uh-huh. of the pillow, like mm-hmm. um, in my observations, it's very similar to that. Yep. I, so I'm going to share something really weird that I do. And I've always done this since I was a kid. I love this. But like <laughs> sometimes when I get in bed, especially when I'm like, like, you know, you get kind of like hyper before bed. I don't know if that's everybody, but like sometimes you're like, you're so excited to go to bed that you're like, yeah, let's do this. I'm ready to get comfortable. And so I'll like get in bed and I'll like pull the sheets over me. And especially like when they feel kind of cool to the touch, I'll like kick my feet around and like kind of make almost like snow angels and stuff, but also like kick them like, like bending my knees, picking them out and swishing them side to side. And I just giggle profusely and I tell Lee that um I just I shout insane things like I'm a bed person I don't know I don't know what I say (laughs) (laughs) oh that's wonderful I'm in bed yeah yeah. it's just it's it's a way to get comfortable I mean there are extremes like if if the dog is like burying a bone or um non-stop uh yeah or like rubbing their nose in it nonstop. Some dogs like to burrow um, and get under a blanket or under a cushion. Um, You know, it's a personal preference thing. Some dogs will just lay on the concrete floor and be like, this is good enough. I'm happy here. Um, And some dogs, you know, like I said, they don't like beds at all. So just nesting. It's a nesting habit, right? Like when I go to a hotel, for instance, like I will, everybody's a little different. Some people just like, eh, I'm just going to leave everything in my suitcase. Who cares? I am very much like, and like I have to make my space like mine. So all those pamphlets and like, here's all the brochures for the restaurants and stuff to do in town. I take all that shit and I put it in a drawer and I make space for my shit. And I put my like underwear and socks and all that kind of crap in a drawer. And I'm like, I get, I get cozy. So it's really, really similar to that. Right. Like B town sometimes will spend like 10 minutes just digging. Rocky loves to burrow. He went underneath the dog bed cushion. If <laughs> you saw my stories, yeah. <laughs> this is so cute. All right. Now that we've definitely answered the shit out of that question, let's move on. All right. Um, so one that we both get a lot is why does my dog lift their leg to pee, even though they're a girl or conversely, why do they squat to pee slash not lift their leg if they're a boy? What do you tell people when they ask you that? Um, it's kind of a personal preference, like personality thing. It kind of depends, right? So <clears throat> B-Town never learned how to lift his leg. That's like a kind of a social type sort of thing slash a urine marking thing. And if your dog was neutered to before he ever had the desire to urine mark, um, that's not going to happen. B-Town learned how to urine mark from Rocky, who was neutered when he was five. And the urine mark 
typically the, like the most prominent reason why is for, um, like mating, finding a possible mate. Um, and that also kind of goes along with like marking territory and that kind of stuff. But also sometimes just, they just do it because they think that they, they want it. This mine, 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 mine. Whereas I like have- a, Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I've also noticed that um, dogs will sometimes mark excessively in one area to make themselves more comfortable in that area. So a super insecure dog probably starts marking as soon as they arrive in a new space to make it their space. So it is claiming territory, but it it helps them be like more comfortable because they're like, okay, okay, I peed on everything here. This is all mine. I'm good here. Just like Misha when she goes into a hotel room and throws all the pamphlets in a drawer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, I live here now. I don't need this shit. I'm going to make it all smell like me now. This is all mine now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's also kind of just like a, a personality thing as well or like a biological imperative. Like lots of female dogs urine mark. Not all of them do. Some of them, do. sometimes they won't necessarily like lift their leg up, but they'll kind of squat and urinate frequently and often in a small area. And it, it's the same same kind of thing. Um, I literally, I, I think I mentioned this is that I had to teach B-Town how to, how to lift his leg. And the only reason I did that, like, I didn't have a personal preference, like, oh boy, dogs should lift their leg to pee. I don't give a shit. I did it out of like necessity because he was literally pissing all over his front legs every day. And I was getting really tired of washing it. So one time he was peeing next to a fence. And so I just started to like lift his leg with my finger. And then like, I just like, moved his foot right next to one of the iron rot bars of the of the fence and I let him rest it there and so he kind of started getting under like understanding a sense of stabilization and then obviously Rocky um doing it helped as well but Boston never he never really urine marked until like a year after he was neutered so you know same thing with humping he never humped until like a year or two after he was neutered that's interesting uh Reddy has as long, as long as I've had him, always lifted his leg mm-hmm. and in doing so has always peed on his front leg. <laughs> That's um, really funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you were describing that, I'm like, weird. I would have taught Reddy to stop lifting his leg so that he could, yeah. he could not. But there's no way I'm going to teach Reddy how to pee because I like, I don't. I wish I could have seen how you lifted Boston's little leg while he was peeing. Because <laughs> if I tried to move Reddy, like if I try to touch Reddy while he's peeing, he's Whoa. probably just going to stop peeing and be like, what are we doing? Um, yeah. Cause yeah, I could think of some, some ways where you could potentially like in create a situation where he physically can't lift his legs or something, but I just don't, I, that wouldn't sit right with me. Like I, you'd have to put him in a small area or something and, or build this really intricate contraption. And it's just like, really not worth my time. He can lift his no. leg and pee on his front foot if he wants to. I just don't yeah. touch his front foot uh, <laughs> or I wash it off when I, when I see it. But like, yeah. honestly, I usually just forgot because yeah, it's. I mean, and it's not like your dogs are allowed on furniture right now or anything, anyway. So it's not really that true. Big of he's a not. Problem. He's not getting in my bed with his pee foot or anything like no. that. So his little pissy foot. <laughs> well, he's white too. So like it, yeah. when it happened, like you you saw it happen. You see it, yeah. Yeah. Um, can dogs look up? That's one that I feel like I never really understood, and I think it started from just like a, an old wives' tale. Um, yeah, I remember early on in my dog training journey reading somewhere that that it was unnatural for them to look up 
and that generally they did not know how to, which I was surprised by because like I had a dog at the time. I only had the one at the time, but like she could look up and I didn't remember ever teaching her how to specifically. Um, but I have also now that I've been doing this for some years, like I have met dogs that don't know how to look up. Um, because for whatever reason, you know, in, in their developmental period up until that point of meeting me, they had never had a reason to look up. Right. It had never been a thought. Um, but I, I think dogs are very smart and very adaptable. And like Ruka, um, when you throw a toy and she, she sees you throw it, she turns, she starts running and she stares up waiting to see that toy come in, yeah. come into her up vision so that she can aim herself where she needs to, uh, yep. to get under it. So like once they learn how to look up, they're very good at it. Phoebe growls at planes sometimes. <laughs> That's fun. What an idiot. That's so cute. That's my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man. If, if B-Town knew that growling at planes would be fun, he totally would do it. I taught him how to like look when I'm pointing, like, so whether I point perpendicular with the ground or, or, yeah, perpendicular, which is AK straight up, or if I point parallel to the ground, like he knows where to kind of follow the that site. But that was because of squirrels. Right. I, had, I had he had a strong motivating factor to do so. But if you kind of think about it, like I kind of get where it comes from because like it's not dogs have good vision, but it's more about movement, right? They have more. I don't remember if it's rods or cones. I want to say rods detect movement. I want to say you have more rods in your peripherals. Anyways, it's a evolutionary trait that makes them good hunters, basically. Um, but they don't they don't necessarily see lots of fine detail or anything like that. So it kind of makes sense that like looking up, eh, not really as important as keeping your nose to the ground and following a scent trail, where you get a lot more information out of it. And then as a secondary, looking when you're in the area where you may detect something, that kind of stuff. But I could I could also totally see like you know like a pug with a short neck that's overweight, like physically being incapable of looking up. Um, even though I guess they're kind of sort of pointed up. They're kind of always looking up. Maybe they <laughs> yeah, can't look true. down. <laughs> yeah, like imagine them like... trying to look at their front feet. <laughs> oh my God. That's like, oh, that's like, like a pregnant a lady who can't position. see her feet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a pregnant lady who can't see her feet. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, why is my puppy mouthing me? Cause it hates you. <laughs> <laughs> no, cause dogs don't have thumbs and they don't have hands and they literally explore their worlds with their mouths. Like we just talked about, they use their sniffers. Mm-hmm. They use their sniffers a ton and what's right next to their sniffers that can also grab the things. chompers, the chompers. <laughs> <laughs> I told you we have our goofy boots on everybody. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically their first social interactions, right? They don't when they're when puppies are crawling on each other and all that, they don't know what they're doing. They're not like, oh, I'm gonna jump on you and hump you and whatever. They're they're dumb little puppies that are only a few weeks old. But what they do know how to use is their sniffer and their chomper because that's how they get milk, right? Yep. So it kind of makes sense that that is such a strong uh, biological imperative for them to kind of follow through. Um, but it's also how they socialize with each other, right? Like we, well, pre COVID, I loved shaking hands and giving my friends hugs, even if they weren't necessarily quote huggers. I was like, ah, bring it in. Bring yeah. it in. 
um, within reason, right? I was respectful. But, um, you know, like we use our hands for everything and nobody questions that, right? When a little kid hits another little kid, it kind of makes sense. Like, yeah, you're, you're problem solving with your hands. Like you've been doing literally your whole life up until this point. We just have to teach you that where, when and where it's inappropriate. There's also the teething phase too, right? Like when their adult teeth are about to come in, it hurts and it's uncomfortable and it's just kind of achy and it feels good to chew on stuff. Um, so don't make the assumption that your puppy's just going to grow out of it when their teeth come in because it is much more deeply ingrained than just that discomfort from teething. Also, one other reason why your puppy may be mouthing you is they may be overstimulated. Mm. Um, if you've, if you have ever had any experience with a toddler, uh, that is right around nap time, um, usually they are cranky little shits that have so much energy and they're not even tired and they don't even need a nap and they don't want your food and they don't want you to touch them. And they- mm, that's, a, that's a really good point. And you just have, you got to put them down for a nap. It's time for a nap. Yep. We're going to take a nap. Okay. I know you don't want to, let's just lay down. Let's just lay down for just a minute. Um, and, and that happens with puppies, too, um, yep. because they are fun-loving, chasing the toys, running around, smelling stuff, exploring the world, playing, blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. And, and they don't know how to self-regulate. They don't know mm-hmm. how to say, like, I think I'm getting a little tired. I'm going to take some downtime now and go rest over here in a quiet spot. No, they're just, like, pre, like, sleepy adrenalized. Like, yes. I'm not tired, you're tired. Woo! <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, like, I've had uh, a lot of clients right now um, with puppies, right, and and dealing with a lot of mouthing. And more than more than four of them uh, that don't know each other have called it the witching hour. Yep. And the puppy just gets like crazy, is what they explain. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's it needs a nap. The dog needs to be put (laughs) in the kennel for a little bit, ideally before. That but Miss Courtney, Courtney, what if it starts screaming bloody murder when you put it down for a nap? <sighs> That's why I'm here as your dog trainer. We're going to talk about kennel training and we're just going to work through all of that in another episode where you pay me. Yes, um, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> short version is it may need a nap. It may be teething or it may just be a puppy exploring the world. So use your best judgment. Apply different solutions to each situation. Mm-hmm. And um, love your puppy because they love you. They don't hate yep. you. That was there's good. tons of there's tons of books and resources um, and videos online. Like where there's tons and tons of information on that kind of stuff for puppy stuff. So if you're like I can't really afford a trainer right now, or whatever, there's information up at your fingertips. So yep. tons and if it. if you don't have the internet. You probably have a library near you where you could access the internet. If you don't have the internet, I'm really curious as to how you found this podcast and (laughs) are listening to it. Um, So you seem like a really determined individual, and I bet you can figure out how to deal with your puppy's mouthing all on your own. I believe in you. (laughs) Next question. Let's go. Next question. How come my dog listens to me but not my significant other? Relationship. That's the short answer. There's definitely I like short answer. 
<laughs> there's definitely, there have been times where like literally like both. So what she means by relationship also kind of just to unpack that a little bit is usually it boils down to like consistency and enforcement and kind of how you spend your time together with your dog, right? Are you always giving your dog whatever it wants when it wants? Are you fawning over it constantly? Are you petting it constantly for no reason? Do you give it treats for no reason? Does your significant other do literally the opposite of that, right? And then kind of compare and contrast, um, where, you know, they, there's a reason for every treat that they give. They don't constantly touch the dog. They, um, you know, let it kind of do its own thing sometimes and not worry about, is it happy in every single moment? Because life is about more than just being constantly happy. We were actually talking about that before this episode, uh, personal life anyways. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but there have been times where I have encountered people that like literally both people are on the exact same page. They're doing things the same way, or at least they tell me that. Right. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just one of those things. Sometimes like dogs can be very single handler focused, um, certain, certain independent breeds or certain personalities can be like, you know what I pick, I choose you, you are the chosen one and everybody else right. is, I don't care. Irrelevant. Yeah. So. And, and along with the breed and, and those, uh, predisposition things, um, also just as a person, you give off a certain air, you know, yep. um, you know, if you're a big guy with a deep voice and the dog listens to you really well, but your wife is a small framed person with a soft voice and doesn't listen to her very well. Well, maybe because you come across more firm and, uh, clear and your wife comes across more timid and unsure. Yep. And that's just think, how you come across. That doesn't mean that's who you are. It's just right. Dogs pick up on those kind of things. I think one of the coolest things that I learned from, um, I learned a lot from Nelson seminar earlier this year. We did a Nelson Hodges canine relationship Institute course that Courtney hosted, which was really cool back pre pandemic in like January or February. Yeah, way back in January, 2020, which <laughs> we all thought was just like the start of a new year. <laughs> Yay. Be you. Me. Um, but he, he talked about, um, kind of being frazzled and how dogs perceive that. Right. So if you're the type of person like I am where I'm like, Oh shit, I forgot my keys. Oh shit. I forgot my sunglasses. And you're constantly like turning around and going back and getting things that does not look very Your calm, dog's watching collected. It doesn't look organized. It doesn't really look like a leader. It looks like someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing and they can't figure out what what's going on and they're having to constantly adapt to new things, which, you know, valuable skill. Don't get me wrong, but like that doesn't really exude like a leader or someone, an authority or somebody who knows what's going on. Right? And especially if you have a smart dog, who's like very observant, um, certainly, you know, a guardian breed, a border collie, any of that kind of stuff. They're gonna be like, you <laughs> look confused. Let me, let me step in and handle this. So being a little bit more mindful, I know that whenever I'm around like super aggressive dogs or fearful dogs or anything, I have to really like take a deep breath and slow it the fuck down because I am the type of person that will put my car in reverse and then go, ah, shit, I should probably pull out my GPS and then put my car back in park. So I have to be mindful of those types of things because I do give off the wrong impression to dogs sometimes. And it's really important that I don't do that so I don't get bit. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so that you, you come across clearly to the dog and as a trustworthy leader. Um, and I tell people all the time that our dogs can actually push us to be better humans. Uh, if we let them, um, you know, you have to give in, you have to surrender to the process. You have to, uh, Uh look at yourself and go, Oh crap, I am that way. And slowly start chipping away at it and working on it so that your dog can see you in a better light. And I only speak from personal experience. I have border collies that watch every fucking thing I do. Um, so like if my life falls apart, guess who's watching? Um, <laughs> so I have uh, wor- worked very hard to keep myself as a calm, cool, collected person, not only for the benefit of myself, um, but also for the benefit of the relationship with my dogs. I want my dogs to trust me. I want them to listen to me. I need them to stay safe, you know? So like I, I'm a better person because of my dogs. Yep. And you can be too. (laughs) There's always a positive message, right? (laughs) All right. Next question. How long does training take, Courtney? Forever. Your whole fucking life. It's forever. (laughs) Forever. 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 (laughs) I like short answers, y'all. I just keep it simple, you know? But it's it's also 100% true, right? Like, how long to teach a dog sit is not the same thing as how long does it take to rehabilitate an extremely people aggressive dog. Right. And, and the answer may be never. Right. Um, uh, it, it really depends on kind of what you define as training. And so when somebody calls me or Courtney and is like, so how long is training going to take? It's like, well, first of all, we, we have to talk about what you define as training because Train dog to me versus Courtney versus some random person who's never had a dog before but is interested in having one versus somebody who's had 10 dogs but they're they're not like they just have they just have dogs as pets they don't do anything like compete or anything crazy they're not like necessarily enthusiasts they just like dogs they like companionship right that that answer is going to be totally different for each of those people and and each individual dog especially so but But (laughs) training literally starts the minute you get your dog. Every single interaction is a training opportunity. It's a training moment. Every single one. Every single one. Let's just make sure we make every single interaction with your dog is a training moment. Yep. Sorry. I just really want to highlight that. Yep. It's just like with us, right? Like we, if let's say you want to be a better person and let's say you define being a better person as, um, working on your temper, maybe you have a temper, right? Like you're literally always working on not having a temper. You're always working on soothing yourself. You're always working on whatever the root of that issue is of where your temper comes from. That's a lifelong thing. That's you're, you're always going to have quote a temper, right? And now how bad it is and how controlled you are and how much you understand yourself is going to play a big factor. But, you know, but like, you know, if you ask me how long does it teach a dog to sit, right? That's still going to be, well, it depends. Cause I have met some dogs who just refuse to sit. Well, they don't have people, any physical limitations. They just. Struggle. Yeah. People have, uh, just throw in another frequently asked question here is what's the hardest kind of dog to train. Right. Uh, And people assume I'm going to say a breed. Um, And my answer almost always is an unmotivated dog. Yep. Because if you're trying to train sit, 
and the dog doesn't know, doesn't want anything you have. It doesn't want your food, doesn't want your toys, doesn't want your affection, doesn't want your space. It doesn't want anything to do with you, and you want it to sit. Um, how are you going to tell it when it got the answer right? Because it doesn't give a shit. It doesn't care. It it yep. doesn't want to please you. It doesn't want to interact yep. with you. It wants nothing to do with you. So that's why in like behavior cases, which is usually a dog that wants nothing to do with me or anything I have, I'm not working on sit because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking mm-hmm. about bigger, bigger brain stuff in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're yeah, talking sit. about mindset and we need to alter that mindset. So that way they can be open to learning something like as honestly as trivial as sits it is a trick. yeah yeah it's it, a it, trick it's a trained body position that's what yep. it is and yep. don't get me wrong teach it to your dog it's valuable There's nothing yeah. wrong with teaching it teach them down too. teach them come teach them heel position or whatever you want to call it um teach them things by all means open those lines of communication but understand that it is all playing on the mindset that's underneath and the yep. relationship that's underneath and those are yep. the really important things yep you know what I say when people ask me what's the hardest breed to work with or what's the hardest dog to work with? What? Um, I always tell them human. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> humans have a lot of thoughts and emotions and a lot of shit gets in the way. And honestly, that is that is probably the most challenging. Like, give me a dog. Like, there, there's definitely plenty of clients that I would never do a board and train with because I, sure, I could teach the dog anything, but that's not what it's about. It's they They have a... A hiccup or a blip or there's something missing in their relationship and they have to work on that together and the only way to do that is to teach them how to do it and right. that can be really hard if someone's not in the right mindset for that or make excuses or life gets in the way or whatever and um you could only do so much to motivate yeah. people. The, the only exception to that 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 i see is people like cola's owners who mm-hmm. were trying but they didn't get what they were doing wrong and right. they also lived far away from me and so a board and train was our option right. for a reset right. for for them to have some time away from him for him to have mentally. some time away from them and everybody just mentally reset um but yeah but if you've done three Borden trains already, right, right, right. that's a whole, that's, I, I know, I know the kind of person you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Totally. Um, I just always totally. like to throw those exceptions I, in there because there are no absolutes. Yes. Except, absolute. except for the absolute Absolutely. that there are no absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> We're just coming around full circle today, huh? <laughs> Goofy boots. Uh, Goofa boots. Goofa boots. Um, so this kind of goes, goes with the um, previous question. How long, or how often should I practice? Right? It's a good question. Um, as you guys may have guessed, it depends. Depends on what you're practicing. <laughs> I don't know. Because of the dog. Yeah. The dog, what you're practicing, what your life is like. Like, you know, I, I usually, when people ask me that, I give them a minimum. Right. Uh, and a, if you can do more, that's amazing. And please do. Right. Um, right. I encourage you to, but you know, a lot of times in today's society, we are working around people who have a busy schedule and a hectic right. life and a, right. and their mindset somewhere else. And they just want their dog to be the dog that they imagined it would be. And like, right. it's a whole thing. So I'm like, all right, when can you practice? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and will you do it in those times? Yep. There's, a, you got to kind of work with what 
the dog in front of you is telling you. And, and I try to encourage as much experimentation and exploration in my clients as I possibly can, because honestly, that's the only way that they're going to be successful because like, I, I don't want them to have to call me for literally everything. It's not some magic trick. It's literally critical thinking, problem solving, being creative, thinking about how can I get the dog? How can I motivate the dog to do what I want it to do? And like for, I'll give you one example of muzzle training. There's some dogs were like B-Town. When I muzzle trained him, I could do it like 10 times a day. And he freaking loved it because he's this fat little sausage who loves food and he loves learning shit and he's pumped. He's basically like a little border collie. He's like, just tell me what to do and I'll fucking do it. This is awesome. Whereas um, my, my um, client dog, Abby, She's an older lady. She clearly has not been taught much in her life before coming into my client's life. And she was like seven years old. And um, with muzzle conditioning, we had to do it no more than once, maybe maximum, absolute maximum twice a day, but usually yeah. about once a day because any more than that, and she would just start overthinking it. She'd kind of panic. And there's just huge diminishing returns on trying to do it multiple times a day. Um, so... You know, you, you really have to kind of read the room and you have to kind of assess and it really does depend. It depends. It really, really does. So, um, general rule of thumb though, I try to practice different, like at least three times a day, different concepts with my dogs, at least three times a day. I think it's a very reasonable goal. If I only do twice a day, Hey, that's great too. Right. And if I do four times a day, awesome. But that also, and if you miss an entire day. Well, those happen too. So try to get yep. to it tomorrow. Yep, exactly. I have lazy days all the time. Yeah. All the time. Don't be right? hard on yourself. Right. And not everything has to be a training session in that like we're going to do sit and down and stand and like all these crazy, very specific tasks. It can literally be like, all right, forage for your food. There you yeah. go. Here's, here's an activity that I'm doing with you that we're doing together with purpose. And it's not just here, eat this food out of this bowl. You know? Right. So, um, let's see. Why do dogs eat grass? Um, there are lots of reasons why dogs yeah. eat grass. If you um, Google it, you'll find a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, if you ask a vet, they will give you any number of these reasons also. Yep. Um, if you ask different vets, you will get different answers. Yep. Um, so just the rundown that I know of as answers is they eat grass because their stomach is upset. Mm -hmm. They are hungry. They mm -hmm. are thirsty. They are bored. They are stressed or it tastes good. Or um, they're deficient in some kind of nutrient, which yep. then would basically make them that kind of falls in the other categories, right? Like they might right. need some minerals. Some dogs just freaking like it. And the other day, as Mia started chomping on some little vines that are in my backyard, they're safe. Don't worry. I've checked. Um, because Rocky started eating grass and she was like, oh, that looks like fun. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that too. Like there's literally no reason at all, at least not that I can discern. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean like pepper in the springtime when the leaves start coming back mm -hmm. on the trees, like mm -hmm. I know it's not eating grass, but like she knows how to look up. <laughs> and she notices when the leaves start coming back yeah. and she'll like do her little dinosaur thing where she dumps up and tree grabs star. the leaves <laughs> and she eats her little tree stars. So um, cute. <laughs> um, yeah, that's also a good point too, is I remember reading something where um, 
that's pretty common whenever things are blooming again. Would you stop it as me? She's like nudging my trash can with her snout. Um, but yeah, whatever, like the, everything starts blooming again, because if you kind of think about it, if, if they were out on their own, so to speak, there's a lot of new, like you lose a lot of nutrients during the winter. You tend to store it up in the fall. You lose a bunch and utilize it in the winter. Um, and then you got to replenish that shit. But also just like us, right? Eating fiber helps us poop. And everybody yeah. poops, including dogs. Um, and, and like it is common uh, if a dog eats a lot of grass that later on they may throw up some of that grass. Yep. Um, that yeah. is not always a cause for concern. Um, mm-hmm. If you're on our super duper top tier of our Patreon, you will get our We Are Not Vets But episode. <laughs> That's right. Um, and that is we talk about vi- vomiting, diarrhea, and all all the things that that panic you as a pet owner um, <laughs> and how to deal with them and when to go to the vet and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, throwing up grass, not that surprising. Um, also, uh, I don't panic when my dogs eat grass. Like they're just kind of, they're just great dogs. Yeah. Being it's doggos. entertaining. It feels good in their mouth. It tastes good for some reason. Um, whether it's a different, I almost said brand. Uh <laughs> Oh, God, I am such a fucking human. Uh, <laughs> a different flavor of grass, yeah. Yeah. a species of grass, a different yeah. plant type. Yeah. Um, you know, variety is the spice of life, and dogs yeah. definitely know that. And and just, just make sure that, you know, your your dog hasn't, um, like your grass hasn't been recently fertilized or, or pesticide treated spray. with pesticides. Right. Yeah. Um, and certainly if you don't know, like, is that plant safe? Just Google it or when in doubt, just interrupt it and say, Hey, let's not do that. And yeah. put a leash on them and move them away. If it's in your backyard or if you're already on leash, just start walking. And, and to, right. to that point, there are some plants that are dangerous for dogs to ingest. Yep. So if you are unsure, Google definitely it. look it up or make your dog stop. Um, if it's just typical old, like, whatever it's called, St. Augustine or whatever grass, like it's probably mm-hmm. fine. Um, but I, I don't like, I don't like my dogs doing anything in excess. So right. Right. Uh, everything's good in moderation. Yeah, man. We, uh, that episode blew by real fast. Oh uh, shit. Are we, we done? S- we, we're done. We still have a bunch more FAQs, but we're done for this episode. So I'll set these aside for another FAQ episode. Awesome. In the near awesome. Future. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for um, listening. Uh, As always, like, rate, share, subscribe. Tell us you like us. It makes us feel really good. Lately, we've been getting some positive feedback, um, and that's been really encouraging and helpful because, you know, sometimes you're just kind of in this little vacuum of a world and you're just putting stuff out there. (laughs) We don't always know if this is a good idea. Like, there are times before we start recording when we're like, what are we even doing? (laughs) Do people want to hear our podcast? Yep. So... It's it's nice to, to hear Get your thoughts. encouragement. Feedback is nice. Also, for anyone that was wondering about the goofy boots, I'm not even wearing shoes. <laughs> so they're invisible. I'm wearing, I'm wearing moccasins. Oh, moccasins. <laughs> oh, thank you Anyways. so much, guys. We love having you here. We have a good time. Um, check us out on Patreon. We got more shit on there. Yeah. It's more of the same, basically. But hey, Hey, but it's good shit. Don't undersell us. I'm not undersell it. They came this far and they're still listening. They haven't changed the episode yet. 
<laughs> Maybe they have. They've already shut it off. And now we're just talking into the oh, void. Oh, defi- definitely. <laughs> definitely. That's what I think. All right. Cue the music. If it hasn't right. already. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs>